0: In every society around the world and throughout history, there is evidence of human beings being worshippers. Whether it is in a religious service, ritual, ceremony, music concert, sports fixture, or the faithful following of the team, individual or God, it is clear that human beings are worshippers. We are designed to worship. It is inherent in who we are. Homo Homo sapiens are also Homo adorans. We are humans who worship. Whether we worship or not isn't the variable. Who and how we worship is. Today, as we bring our series, How Big Is Your God? to a close, we'll be picking up this theme of worship and exploring how we are to worship our great big gods. The title of today's message is Uncontainable, A Big Response to Our Big God. And we'll be exploring some of 2 Samuel chapter 6. Before we do that, let us pray. Father God of all creation, thank you for giving us the Bible, your inspired word to us. Thank you that we can read it and dwell on it, explore it and explain it, learn from it and be challenged by it encouraged by it. As we have sung, open our eyes, open our hearts, enable us to see and hear and know and respond to the greatness of who you are, as we read from the Bible now. Uncontainable God, mighty God, loving God, faithful and holy Father God, enable us to humbly and appropriately respond to you as worshippers today, in Jesus' name. Amen. We started this series looking at Psalm 8, a Psalm of King David, a song that expressed the greatness and majesty of God. And today we look at this same God and the same period of time as David, King of Israel, takes the ark of God into Jerusalem. Let's start reading from 2 Samuel, so it's in the Old Testament, Um, it's before the book of Psalms um, uh, and before uh, the books of Chronicles, so I'll just give you a few moments to find it if you're using a paper version. The words will be on the screen so you can follow it as well and we're, we're in 2 Samuel chapter 6 starting from verse 12. Now King David was told the Lord had blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the Ark of God. So David went to bring up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Before we carry on with the rest of the reading, let me just add a little context so we understand what is taking place and why it's taking place in that way. The Ark is the symbol of God's presence being with Israel, and it contained the first... So it contained the Ten Commandments, the first three of which Dave, over the last three weeks, has so helpfully unpacked for us. It had been in the house of Obed Edom, the Gittite, that is from the city of Gath, for three months, after David had attempted to move it from the house of Abinadab in order to bring it to Jerusalem. Now, that first attempt we can read in verses 1 to 11 of 2 Samuel 6, and it really had not gone well for David. And it really didn't go well for one of the men helping to transport the ark, a man called um, Azar. As a result of David assuming that he knew what God wanted and his failure to humbly and openly ask God what he wanted him to do, his failure to ask God when he wanted David to do what he wanted him to do and, and how he should do it, As a result of that, there were serious life-limiting consequences, as there always is when we adopt too small a view of God and too big a view of ourselves. In these these preceding verses, we see that David is angry, not at God, but angry at himself and humbled with appropriate fear at the awesome power and holiness of Almighty God. We read in um, The the 1 Chronicles 15 account of the same narrative that before the second attempt that we we read of in verse 12 of 2 Samuel 6. Before the second attempt um, at bringing the ark to Jerusalem, David takes time humbly listening to God's, seeking his way, seeking God's way, God's purposes and, and God's methods for his glory, for God's glory, rather than simply thinking, rather than David simply thinking that he could do it alone. So prior to this procession of worship, taking the ark into Jerusalem, David has rediscovered the awesomeness of God. As we consider uncontainable God, a big response to our big gods, my prayer is that each of us will have a fresh recognition of who it is we are worshipping. Having a bigger view of God, his awesome power, his perfect holiness, his extravagant love, his amazing blessing, his faithfulness, his wisdom, a big view of God with an appropriately humbled view of ourselves, seeking after him and his glory. Let's carry on reading. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he, that is David, sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, and the the wife actually of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, She despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. Once David's view of God is changed, once he has an uncontainable view of God again, his worship response becomes uncontained itself. He dons a, a linen ephod, or maybe more accurately, removes his other clothes and leads the procession of the people of Israel with dancing in worship of God. Now, this is not a performance dance, a rehearsed dance, but it's a devoted worship dance to God. He leads the nation in an appropriately sacrificial and exuberant worshipful response to Almighty God. Not for their eyes, not for their audience, but for God's pleasure, which we see him explain in verse 21 to his wife later on. There was music and shouting and dancing and leaping and sacrifices and baking and blessing and eating all involved in the worship of God that day. This was an expression of what I want to call technicolour worship. It's a phrase that that God has been speaking to me about over this last year. Technicolour worship. Not one single method of worship, but an unlimited creative range of worship that are unlimited creative God both desires and deserves. Already we can can see in verse 5, in that first attempt of bringing the ark up to Jerusalem, that there's a range of instruments accessible for use um, in in worship. Yet the worship that day, uh, as they bring the ark to Jerusalem, went beyond music. Movement was involved. Dancing was involved. Sacrifice was involved. Baking, eating, Blessing others, we're, we're all involved. Technicolor worship broadens our understanding of how we can respond to our awesome, holy, majestic, powerful, extravagantly loving gods. It's not limiting how we worship God to one method, often singing and musical instruments, that though God loves that, and, and goodness, so, so do we. What I'm saying is, if we have a... a more of a, a monochromic um, thinking of worship a view of worship, just having one single dominant method of worshipping and responding to God, we may struggle not to have a, a monochromic and limited view of God, of encountering Him and, and giving, um, expressing ourselves to Him. If we have a single channel of worship, we may have a single view of God or a single view of how He works or what He wants or, or how we're to reach our community and so on. On the 1st of June last year, my wife Nikki was on the first night of, of a group that Yinka Oyeko, uh, president of the Baptist Union, had set up. There were two significant words that God shared that night related to our church at Gold Hill. One was a direct vision to Nikki, and simultaneously, while she was praying, there was a picture given to Yinka um, in prayer, which he then explained. As Nikki asked God what he wanted for our church, She had a sudden vision of a tidal wave bursting out of the current building and like a torrent washing down the common and high street built up the buildings and across each road. And as the vision happened, God spoke that he wanted a tidal wave of creativity to wash over our community with his truth and love, mercy and love to every age, to every person. Be bold. Do not be afraid. The instructions were. Bring out the dancers, bring out the potters and the sculptors, bring out the artists, bring out the worshippers. After Nikki shared what God had just shown her, Yinka followed that with what he had felt God show him during the same prayer time. He said that he saw an afternoon tea set full of colour, beautiful bright ceramic teapots. The cake stand was in Yinka's words absolutely full of so much richness and colour and choice that you could really gorge on it and eat too much. Yinka felt God say that we're to gather the creatives together. That the place, the church will be filled with laughter and healing and hope as we do so. And the hallmark will be freedom and it will flow out into the community. It was around the same period of time that God was also speaking to me privately about technicolour worship and releasing technicolour worship in our church, a broader view of worship um, to to a big God. God is big, creative, uncontainable, and he deserves big, creative, uncontainable worship, technicolour worship. We see in in this section of the passage that David got that he understood it. He was prepared to be vulnerable in every way to worship God with all that he had. His love and devotion was literally made visible to all. He made God bigger and himself lower. As we grow a bigger view of God, we grow a bigger view of worship and the kind of worship that God desires and deserves. Let me be clear, I'm not in any way undermining song or musical worship. Anyone who knows me knows how much I value and love to sing and worship God through music. I love it. And so does God. Do not be under any assumption that this in any way is a diminishing of that. Rather, it's a call to more, even richer, even broader, just as God sets the template For in the Bible, everything that we have and are expressed and given back to God in a way that honours him and declares his greatness. Just doing a search uh, for different ways, uh, if you go through the Bible, and just doing a search for different ways that God is worshipped throughout Scripture, we see that a biblical way of worship can include musical instruments, movement and dancing, Adopting a specific physical posture, bowing, kneeling, standing, lying, hands up, face down, etc. It includes the use of voice, speaking, shouting, whispering, breathing, singing, being still, prayer, giving, serving, working, creating, crafting, and artistry. Worship includes our holiness. God cannot be contained by a building or a box and our worship of him should also not be containable to a building or a service or one single style or strand. Our whole lives responding to God, to the uncontainable God in worship. And as we do so, as we respond to, to the uncontainable God and broaden our view of him and what he's like and what, what he can do, will we as individuals and as a church be willing to expand how we respond to him? Will we step out with David's heart to worship that he shows in this narrative, in the story, with an uncontainable response to our holy and powerful uncontainable gods? In doing so, I believe we will see some of the tidal wave into our community that God spoke to Nikki about and the release and freedom that Yinka shared. There's a second example in this passage of serious consequences of having a contained or small view of God. As we will see from Michal, um, David's wife, adopting or holding a, a onto a contained view of and, and a contained response to God impacts our relationships. Our community and personal life. It limits life. The narrative goes on. When David returned home to bless his households, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, and notice the sarcasm here, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today going around half-naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michal, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Verse 16 has already informed us that that Michal was watching from a window rather than part of the procession. This clearly wasn't because of her gender because in verse 15 and 19 it tells us that all of Israel, both men and women, were present. So why was she not part of the worship response? Why was she not part of that celebration? How come she was just watching from a window if all of Israel uh, were with David at the time? Had she already made a decision? Had she adopted a contained um, rather than an uncontained view of God's? Was her heart already lukewarm or cold towards God's? Did she have a small view of Him and a big view of herself? She clearly wasn't passionate enough to join in the celebration but preferred to be a prideful, critical observer. Raquel didn't understand that honouring God, putting him first, was the right response. She was more concerned about her own feeling of dignity and how others would view her or, or the king as a result of the king's dancing and worship, worshipful response. She was more concerned with that than actually worshipping God. And she makes her disdain of David's uncontained response really clear. Personally, I know, I know from personal experience how a simple comment, a joke, a little throwaway remark from an individual can contain how open we feel we can be in response to God's. A comment of negativity or a joke, a a limited understanding of worship and how things should be done and expressed. It can constrict the ability or desire to express back to God fully what the person wants to express and what God desires and deserves. It can act as a stopper to the creative and free release of worship to our great big gods. These comments no longer have a place within our church family. We want to release everyone to be uncontained worshippers of Jesus. Everyone worshipping God in technicolor, expressing to him how great he is and giving thanks to him with everything that we are and have not limiting ourselves to one single method or mode of worshipful response, but with our whole lives, our whole creativity, with with everything that we are responding to God's, not just when we gather but in the week as well. Positioning ourselves openly and humbly, positioning ourselves before our great big God's, taking ourselves lightly like David does and how he describes in verse 22, yet taking God's in all his awesomeness, taking him very seriously. Our big God deserves our highest praise. So how will you respond today? Maybe you are watching and you may not be a follower of Jesus yet but over this service or over this series you've realized that God is mighty, he's majestic, he is holy, he is faithful, he's extravagant in love and grace and kindness and rather than worshipping the things you've been going after, you have decided today or over these last few weeks to become a worshipper of the living God, to turn to him and away from the things you've been going after. If this is you, please pray with me now. Mighty God, I want to be a worshipper and follower of you first and foremost. I recognise that you didn't merely shout what you're like from heaven, but you showed what you're like through Jesus, perfectly showing us your greatness and uncontained mighty love and power. Thank you for dying for me on the cross and rising so that I can have life and live a life of thankfulness and worship to you. I choose this day to turn from all the other things I've gone after and worshipped. And I choose you. Give me your Holy Spirit to help me to follow you. Amen. If you've just prayed that prayer, please do get in touch with us um, so that we can support you. We can um, support you as a worshipper of God. We uh, we would love to connect with you and encourage you and continue to pray with you. Let me also, though, pray for each of us, whether we've just prayed that prayer or thinking about it, or whether we prayed that prayer however many years or weeks or months ago. Father God, We don't want to be observers or critics, but we want to be part of a community of worshippers that know you as huge and incredible and uncontainable, who worship you freely, God. Father, create in us, not just us as individuals, but us as a church, the same passion, the same devotion that caused David to dance. Lord, we ask you humbly, would you show us where we have diminished in any way the vast ways that you call us to worship you or have adopted and stuck with a small view of you and that 's impacted how we respond to you? We ask you, Lord, for forgiveness, where we have taken that view and limited our response to you in our church family, restore our view of you God, to the right view to the um, to a big view, and in doing so. Enable us to have a right view of ourselves, to have um, you first, you big, and us suitably uh, lower than you. Give us a bigger experience of you, and release in us a greater freedom to in, in worshipful response. Teach us to use our posture, our movement, our voices, our hands, to raise you up, to creatively worship you. Uh, to to, um, see a tidal wave of, of your goodness through our community. Give us boldness now, Lord, in the privacy of our homes to take a step towards this bigger, broader response. Increase our passion and move in our hearts and our thinking as a church, Lord, for your glory and not ours. In Jesus' name, Amen. Over the next few moments, we will have some time and space. We, we've brought um, the sermon sooner in the service so we have longer during our, our time together to respond to what God is saying and calling us to. There'll be some songs played, including a version of the blessing song, which was widely circulated across the world in May and June of 2020. In this version of The Blessing, uh, people of wide ages and ethnicities have come together to, uh, and recorded their devoted worship uh, to our amazing God through movement. Allow God to use it, to speak to you, above your, to speak to you above your own voice and, and your own judgments and thoughts. Let us be pursuers of his glory, our uncontainable and extravagantly loving gods.